As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. So, Mike, I want you to close your eyes and think back to November of 2014. What were you doing? November of 2014? I don't know. That was a long time ago. <laughs> come on. Come on. Just just try. All right. Let me think about this. So, 2014. Okay. Actually, I can remember what I was doing probably. I, I was in a weird place, honestly, Michael. This was, this was the time where I was trying to finalize an acquirer for eFuneral. Um, but it was probably right at the time where I was starting my first product role too, um, because I had already, you know, kind of mentally moved on and we were trying to find that acquirer and, um, but it probably was also the time where I had lunch with Paul McAvinci, who's now my partner for product collective. And that lunch was sort of what set the stage for product collective and industry to all eventually happen. So. 
yeah, I guess I do know what I was doing. Okay, so good, good. So you were probably worried about your upcoming taxes, given you were shutting down a business, starting a new one, starting a new job. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll play along here. <laughs> Let's say that I was. <laughs> Let's okay. say that I was. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So April was just around the corner and luckily product manager Brian Crofts was hard at work pitching a new business line for Intuit, one that he'd been working on for the last three years. Intuit, as in the makers of TurboTax, uh, right? Okay. And, yep. and Brian, yep. Brian Crofts, he's currently the chief product officer at Pendo. Yes, exactly. So this business line would eventually go on to become a huge success for TurboTax, but not before it it failed? Yes, exactly. So I was going to say completely shut down, but, you know, failed's more on brand for us at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, so what does this have to do with me in 2014? Well, nothing. I just I just wanted to set the mood for today's episode. <laughs> okay. Um, where we're going to go behind the scenes of Intuit's 2014 failed launch of TurboTax Pro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So it was November of 2014, and Brian Crofts was preparing for a meeting with two senior executives at Intuit. One was his boss, C.C. Morkin, who ran Intuit's professional tax business line, and that was a $422 million business that sold tax preparation software to personal accountants. The other was Sassen Gudarzi, who ran into its $1.8 billion TurboTax business, right? And this is the classic TurboTax that sold software to consumers. Crofts had devoted the last three years to a new business line, TurboTax Personal Pro. And this was a stepping stone between these two business lines, the accounting business line and the consumer business line. And the company's leadership had decided it was an appropriate time to do a major rollout of the product. And the purpose of this November meeting was to discuss kind of a go-to-market plan for Personal Pro. Okay, so what was Personal Pro in the first place? Like, what what was the difference? Right, so it was in between the TurboTax software for consumers and then just hiring a CPA to do your taxes, right? Or even like H&R Block. The goal was to capture more of the, let me see, $21 billion tax market. In fact, here was one of the commercials they ran to explain it. The hassles of the tax store are now a thing of the past. No more driving. No more appointments. Announcing TurboTax Personal Pro. Our pros doing your taxes for you online. Check out the ratings and reviews and choose the credentialed pro that's perfect for you. Snap and send everything to your CPA. Then sit back and relax while your pro gets you your biggest refund. Guaranteed. New TurboTax Personal Pro. Go online and choose your tax pro today. So this sounds like a logical direction. I mean, that's a major, major market. They're kind of finding the, the in-between of those two places within the market. Um, it sounds like something that people would use. Yeah, absolutely. There were two key customer bases that had the potential, right? They had the H&R Block customer who would go into H&R Block and have H&R Block do their taxes. And then there's these churned TurboTax customers. And if I do remember back to that time, like H&R Block was kind of getting a little testy about this. <laughs> they definitely were. They ran a pretty aggressive ad against TurboTax at this time. Um, here it is. I, I pulled it up. I'm a tax professional. That's all I know. Prior to joining H&R Block, I was a CFO for 25 years. We know and we understand tax laws, tax theories. This is my dream job. 
This is my favorite thing in the world to do. I've done 25,000 tax returns. You might say I've had some experience. I will back you up. So right here it says, we sign every return prepared in our offices. TurboTax signs none. And then it ends with... <laughs> Bring it on. Shots fired, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, they could definitely feel TurboTax on their heels here. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, back to Brian. He and his team have been working hard at bringing this product together, and they're seeing some really exciting early traction. So first, how did he end up in this position? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. So Personal Pro was an early example of an effort to make Intuit more entrepreneurial and innovative. Intuit's founder and CEO, Scott Cook, he spearheaded this effort, and he would work individually with each of these entrepreneurs, if you will, including Crofts. And that was how Personal Pro kind of came to life. Cook explained, we know that large businesses are good at killing new business initiatives like this. I mean, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> That's right. He was quite the visionary, as we'll find out. Um, but he went on to say, we tried to let experimentation trump hierarchy, run a lot of experiments and let the market decide rather than pulling all the decision-making power in the hands of the bosses who often make decisions based on PowerPoints and memos rather than direct observation of customer behavior. Okay, so this has support all the way from the very top, in this case, of the organization. Yeah, and they were seeing some really great great early results. So we were really excited. We had, we really approached it in terms it right. It was right when lean startup came out. And so we were really bullish on this idea of, of highlighting our, our riskiest assumptions and building and experimenting and, and validating our hypotheses. And so it was a really fun time. And, and you kind of fast forward and we had this product that we built um, and we were getting a lot of happy customers and we were getting good financial results. Um, and the whole premise of the product that we were building was this online experience working with an accountant. So what we had learned is that there were people at TurboTax that they felt like at some point their, their return was too complicated and they needed an accountant. And so they would leave TurboTax and go to like H&R Block or some other accountant. And so what we created was, oh, wait a minute, You, if you're online, don't leave online. We will just connect you with a professional. And we happen to have a large network of professionals uh, because we also built tax software for professional tax providers. So they were getting those early signals. I'm guessing from that group of people who had churned and moved on from TurboTax because they couldn't figure out how to make it do what they wanted it to do. That's right. And how they got the data was actually pretty interesting. Okay, well, do go on and tell. So they took a page from Dropbox. Their first MVP was just a video showing people how the product worked. They showed that video to 250 people who fit into that churned TurboTax customer demographic. And one third of them actually signed up after seeing the video. And then seven out of 10 said, TurboTax is a brand that I trust. I'm surprised to hear that this big established company used a very sort of startup technique. Yeah, but there was a problem. We had this big kind of innovator dilemma, Clayton Christensen problem, where where it, it really conflicted with a core business of TurboTax. So TurboTax, even today, a lot of the brand is around, you know, it's amazing what you are capable of. You know, you're you are capable of doing your return 
even if it's complex, you can do it because we've built the experience uh, and, and, and how to do it. And, uh, and we've, we've really optimized that experience for you to be able to have that confidence. And, and so, and we were saying, oh, but if you're not confident, here's a professional. And so it kind of conflicted. And so the way the big company looked at us, small startup, new technology, they looked at us as like cannibalization versus disruptive. So we're starting to get to the heart of the issue here, right after a quick word from our sponsors. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. So the executives that he was meeting with weren't so hot about this idea, one that they saw could potentially cannibalize their core business line, TurboTax. Right. And so here's where things got interesting. So remember that November 2014 meeting you were just referring to with the two key executives from Intuit? Yes. How, how could I forget? Right. So they said, well, I know you're, you know, and they didn't say it this way, but it's basically like, I know your data says this, but that is not good for us. Why don't we go for this customer? And everybody wins. And as simple as that sounds, it was a lot more complex. There were politics. and But what it allowed us to do was they gave us a lot of funding, a lot of brand support to basically go after a customer that that was not the customer we were going after. So he's talking about the H&R Block customer. Right. Intuit wanted him to use this service to go after new customers for TurboTax rather than focusing on these churned customers. Bigger market, I get it, but what did the research say? Just like you said before, right? Croft found that the churned customers responded really well to this new service, but it wasn't a great fit for those that had never used TurboTax before. He really didn't feel like it was going to be a good fit or that they were going to be these early adopters. But Intuit really wanted to push this direction. Well, these two executives did, yeah, because that meant that this initiative was less likely to hurt their respective focuses. We compromised solving a problem for a specific user by getting, by making sure, like, and traded that for alignment. And we had been fighting so much that finally being aligned on a go-to-market and a product, even if it served a different customer that we weren't looking at, we felt really good about because we finally felt aligned and we were working as one team. And uh, we then went and spent maybe $5 million in marketing that year and acquired maybe seven customers. So they compromised because the alignment was easier. Internally, it felt good to have the support of the organization, but the product failed. You know, when we first started out as a team and we were having so much success, we were focused on the pain, we were focused on the customer problem, we were focused on building a product that aligned well. But once there became politics, once we had this innovator dilemma with bigger business, we started solving for stakeholders and internal politics and the product suffered, the go-to-market suffered, we wasted a lot of money. And ultimately for a time, that whole business then shut down that we built. 
because of the, the, the business results, which were obviously going to be bad. We had no insight. We, we didn't build the product for the person we went after. And so that was one that was one of the biggest compromises. And, and what was interesting about it is during the time I remember and I've done a lot of reflection since there when we wrote the case study with HBS, it was very cathartic because I could kind of like look back and see where the big mistakes were made. But, you know, I remember when we were working together and we finally hit this like where we all were aligned and we had this budget and we were going to do it together. It felt so good that it kind of we all forgot about what we had really learned and what we really wanted to do. Now, what happens next? Well, we'll get into it right after a quick break to hear from our sponsors. So this failure wasn't a complete failure. Yes, thank you. It was later resurrected as TurboTax Live. This is the new way to do your taxes. Well, right on my screen. Live tax experts coming to you, new from TurboTax. I just found two more deductions for you. That's great. Now get live tax advice from a CPA or EA on demand, or even have them do a one-on-one -on -one review of your return right on your screen. I've reviewed your tax return and everything looks great. You're ready to file. Thank you. Real tax experts ensuring your maximum refund. New TurboTax Live. Connect with a tax expert today. So what changed to make this new product, TurboTax Live, a success? According to Brian, the, the mission and internal positioning. So in other words, they, they fixed the politics internally, and it was taken over by a team that really was focused on this churn reduction problem, and they used this as their solution. So it was no longer overseen by departments with contrasting goals or you know perceived contrasting goals. So did you ask Brian what he could have done differently? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, in retrospect, um, as the, and, you know, it was an interesting role for me because, uh, you know, typically within product management, we're driving, you know, scrum teams, engineering, design. But in this case, it, because it was its own business entity, you know, I was running the whole thing. So it was almost like this general management type role, which was so fun for me. But also, you know, I'm responsible for making the mistakes and in thinking and reflecting, you know, the one thing that I would have done differently would be um, to have stayed and stuck with the, the, the data, the, the, the same question you were asking, what were those early indicators? What were the types of customers? You know, who are the ideal customers? What was the ideal experience? Um, and, and really, to, I guess, maybe had the courage to say, Look, I know we're getting along for the first time, but this is not this is not the data that we have. This is this is different. In fact, if we're so bent on doing and going this other way, I think we need to run a whole bunch of different experiments before we then go waste a bunch of money and time. And so we, you know, we had done so good up to that point, but then skipped a step because we were so uh, interested in, in engaging and collaborating. Um, because that we thought that was so key. I think the second thing is I was so aggressive um, in pushing my agenda uh, for building this business because I had seen the data and I'd seen it helping customers. I don't think I ever really walked in the shoes of the leaders that were leading the bigger business. Um, and so I think if I would have just been a little more patient, not necessarily compromised, but been a little bit more patient in terms of uh, my agenda 
and and kind of putting the bigger call it into it hat on versus um, you know my business that I was so passionate about. So I do think in big businesses you have to you have to have empathy for different stakeholders. I think you have to communicate more, um, and I think you have to be careful about what you're willing to die on the hill for, or things that you're able to compromise on um, versus the compromises like we made that can ultimately kill the business um, or at least you know put it on pause. These are such great insights. I'm sure Brian's brought these lessons now into his role at Pendo. Yeah, and as we were wrapping up, I discussed this with him a bit. The thing at Pendo that we tried to do is uh, to accelerate cycles of innovation or of, of experimentation and innovation to be able to make better decisions. And so like to counter um, a lot of the compromises would be to do kind of these faster revolutions or turns on things so that you know, you can make a lot of decisions with confidence and not have to compromise. All right. This was a great one. But next week, we have a really good one. We're going to go behind the scenes of the infamous eBay Amazon rivalry in the late 90s, early aughts. The aughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, we just got featured by Apple, right? It's time to step up our uh, vocabulary a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I got to brush up on mine, but I am looking forward to it. So we will see everybody right back here on Thursday for a brand new episode of Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It's your support that keeps the show going. Rocketship.fm is now part of the Podglomerate Network. If you want to learn more about the other shows on the Podglomerate Network, go to thepodglomerate.com. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. If you go to productcollective.com, you could check out live video interviews, sign up for our newsletter, be a part of our Slack group with over 6,000 product people. Just check it out at productcollective.com.